Welcome friends uh, to another episode of Covera Insights where we speak to industry experts on how to manage your portfolio how to manage your wealth better. Uh today we have uh, S Naren from uh, ICICI Potential AMC. Uh, he doesn't need any introduction but I'll just say a few lines about him. Um he's the chief investment officer uh, at ICICI Potential AMC. Uh, Naren has a rich experience of 30 years in almost all spectrum of financial services industry. um investment banking fund management research stock booking you think about it he's done it all um naren joined icici in 2004 as a fund manager uh, managed the now very famous value fund for the longest time and continues to uh, manage some of the flagship schemes of icici potential mutual fund so welcome naren uh, welcome to kavera uh, and uh, i think our, our viewers will be very happy to hear your thoughts um on the state of the markets right so let's start with a with a pretty broad question right so what's what's your market outlook for this year and next year actually it's a very uh, you know we had a view which was there till uh, february and right. after that covid struck and uh, what we realized as i speak to you uh, in the end april is that uh, it, the market has functioned as though covid too didn't happen and that has been the most surprising thing what it goes to show is something interesting that uh, what matters to equity market in india is what happens globally more than what happens locally particularly in the near term because otherwise uh, if someone had presented to you this data let's say in early march you're going to have a big attack of covid and most parts of india are again going to be in uh, local containment zones and uh, we're going to go back to that kind of environment and uh, and if i were to tell you markets are not going to go down you no one would have believed it but that's precisely what happened why did this happen it happened because globally markets are on an uptick and uh, global risk appetite has been going up and uh, because global markets are going up indian markets managed to hold and uh, that has been my most surprising uh, thing which i learned in the last one month because i knew that uh, covid was a short uh, cycle kind of disease so over a 4 to 6 month period we would come out of it due to uh, vaccination and various other things but i did expect a higher amount of volatility even that didn't happen and uh, that is the way i look at it are are you seeing a lot of institutional demand from from foreign entities are you, are, are you seeing a lot of money flowing into india is that is that what's keeping it up actually uh, there are some amount of foreign demand but i think you know there is an equity cult after 2020 and uh, people are saying uh, that uh, equities will recover if there is a correction and that kind of a mindset seems to have got created in lot of people particularly among domestics so even if i look at the data in the last one month i don't think it seems to suggest that the, it is the foreigners who kept the market afloat or pulled it up it is i think the locals who actually managed to keep the market afloat is what i can see from the data but what is a term for it right i mean btt by the dip so people don't even call it the... But but I totally agree with you. But I think uh, what I want to still 
mention to people is while uh, this is the what has happened in the last one month and uh, that is going to give a lot of false feeling that markets are very safe even if anything happens uh, my own view is that if i look longer and i let's say take the next two to three years i think there is clearly scope for volatility at some point of time when the global central banks were pumped uh, 20000 billion dollars in the market over a period of time and uh, they have kept the market afloat over the last 12 to 13 years by continuously printing money some point of time they are going to actually withdraw all that stimulus or increase interest rates that point of time we are going to see serious volatility and uh, because we have had continuous rallies globally from 2012 and in india recently people have forgotten the word risk in equity and uh, that is going to clearly play out at some point of time and give people uh, a, a real hit and this is something i worry about because you know i have seen the 90s right and right. Uh, many people haven't seen the 90s in 90s you know in early 90s as uh, people used to think equities is a great asset class but finally there were a set of events which showed how equities can be risky and after that for a long period of time equities went out of the window and i believe that people have to recognize that equities is an absolutely outstanding asset class but it is not a zero risk asset class can you also talk to us a bit more about the 96 to 2002 tech bull run because i think this time around also most of the uh, most of the bullishness or most of the returns are coming from same technology sector and how does that sector actually react if and when uh, the, the risk you are talking about that is you know a developed markets raising rates how does that sector usually react to that and and what would be the if if there are any kind of you know effects in india of the same i'm one of the few people who have seen the 90s you know and uh, who are managing other people's money most right. of the people who are uh, who have been in markets in 90s they are managing their own money right so what happens is that in 90s what happened is suddenly interest rates went up and people don't know that in that era larsen and tubro and tata steel and uh, gujarat government borrowed money at 16% interest rates and uh, what happened when that happened uh, that, uh, when interest rates went up to 16% uh, equity markets crashed today you don't need even 16% if global interest rates go to 3 4% you will see a fairly big problem so i believe that uh, you know what i learned from the 90s is a big increase in interest rates can cause big problems to equity markets and that was my learning and uh, how do you handle it by actually ensuring that you have money in all asset classes you don't say i'll put all my money in equities because many of many of us including me in 90s thought that equities is a great asset class and we should have 100% of our money only in equities because it was the asset class which was making us rich every day but right. uh, it is not something you should do you should have money in all asset classes and uh, sometimes debt has a super role to play and anyone who invested in debt in 95 96 when and 98 when interest rates start 16 17% 
the kind of returns people made in debt was just outstanding. It is like in 1980, people who made money when Walker took interest rates very, very high in US, they also made very, very high returns. So you will have to have money in all asset classes, even though one asset class gives you all the return and you get this false ceiling now that because interest rates are zero in US and other parts of the world, other asset classes are uh, not needed. You still need to keep money in other asset classes because that helps you. That's what it looks to me. If I can just articulate it slightly differently, um, equity is a great asset class in long-term wealth builder through equity funds or you know however you're investing in the markets. Uh, but the risk in equity is that when the correction happens, you may not be able to hold the asset class for longer. And you're probably scared or you probably think that you're going to lose all your money and you will sell and you will not get the long-term compounding. Is that the, because see, if you can actually hold it for the entire duration, you would still want to be in equity. Is that a fair way to put it? Exactly. And really what happened was the people who invested in 94, 95, if you read, remember that famous mutual fund, which started in 94, 95, they didn't hold on all the way. And uh, they sold off in 2000 and 2001, too. And from 94 to 2001, too, they made zero returns or negative returns. And that's what happened in the last cycle. And uh, and you know the institution because I was seeing your profile. You have even worked in that institution. Right. So uh, so what I'm seeing is that that is the challenge. Uh, you know, you should have money. And uh, when the market bottoms out at some point of time, if you have the money to invest, like Warren Buffett had in 2008 to invest in uh, Goldman preference shares and G preference shares, if you are able to do those kind of things, you actually make huge money. This is what I learned. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, given that, you know, given that the expectation is that rates are going to go up, no one knows when, but at least the expectation is next two to three years are going to be very critical because how long can they keep the rates low? Um, so, which sectors in India do you think uh, will outperform or underperform? Just, just at a very broad sector level. Who is it good for and who will this be bad for? You know, what we thought was, you know, you had a long period of quality stocks outperforming, which Fair happened enough. all the way from 2008 to March 2020. Yeah. That led to, let's say, many of the consumer stocks going to very high levels. So way back in 2019, we recognized this and uh, from 1819, you know, we bet on a set of value stocks, which included metal stocks, oil and gas stocks, some of the power utilities, some of the small and mid caps. Some of these sectors have actually delivered very good returns. Some of them have not, but we still believe it is that basket, which actually has a lot of scope because finally what has happened is no one has put up a steel plant after 2008 in general, except the existing players. No one is putting up, uh, you know, no one is putting up any oil, uh, oil uh, uh, exploration. No one is working on. Everyone is only in these newfangled areas. So, you know, there's a lot of scope in all the old areas where no investment is happening. And that's why we think areas like power utilities or oil and gas, sectors which people have now discarded they can also deliver returns. In that set, actually, metals have already delivered returns in the last one okay. year. But okay. many other sectors in that, uh, in all those old final areas are yet to deliver. If I would say financials haven't yet fully delivered, notwithstanding the recent rallies. 
but i would say there are many such things which one can invest in at this point but you you would focus more on real economy real assets um uh, and and less on the growth driven quality company i mean they call them quality but i think the underlying underlying factor is more like growth investing uh, at least from what we see uh, in a factor analysis yes exactly you know that you know how tesla is valued it in us and it's easier for me to talk about compliance uh, from a compliance standpoint on <laughs> yeah, us stock you know how tesla is valued and you know how us stocks are valued in some cases they are all valued as ultimate growth stocks so because interest rates are zero you are willing to pay for 2030 earnings if interest rates at some point of time go up you have to pay for near term earnings and that is what yeah. many of these stocks have No, so so you know uh, you picked up tesla so i'll i'll kind of just add to it very very small story so uh, we actually do us investing as well we in partnership with another startup called vestin um and it's available on our platform so um, we started in october and we did this analysis because it seems like you know or, or at least the perception is that it's very easy to make money in some of these growth stocks quality stocks whatever you want to call them but they are hyper volatile so uh, from october of last year i think the study went till i think mid march or something of, of this year tesla probably rallied about i don't know 50 60% something in that range but the average the average investor on our platform who was actually uh, you know uh, investing in or punting in or, or you know speculating on tesla the average return was only 8% so um, it, it's it's not i mean uh, um i i know your 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 you know your contention is that uh, we will see a lot more volatility but i think we are also see we have also seen a lot more volatility in some of these sectors already i think uh, when we look at value versus growth and, and I, i think we look at it from that lens um sometime in the fourth quarter of last year we saw a very clear inflection point uh where where it almost because uh, like, like you rightly said i mean that the chart is just unbelievable right the value outperformed and then you have this 10 year period starting around 2009 2010 when that is when the printing press is started uh where growth has this tremendous rally over over value and and i mean it's again hard to say when when these things actually turn in hindsight a lot of these things are easy <laughs> but 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 yeah last word uh, so so uh, a lot of the data we see kind of actually uh, is along the same lines um value should continue to do well and, and i think um, sectors which are uh, which are cyclical to inflation so you know which is why i said any real asset inflation goes up cost of real goods go up um, they should continue to do well so uh, great just one last question you know on the, on the macroeconomics uh, how does gold then fit into this picture should indians continue to hold gold will it help your portfolio will it hurt your portfolio do you think of it more as a real asset here or do you think more of it as a hedge against an equity crash you know i, I also studied in iits in 80s most right. of my iit classmates in 80s are all in us so right. you know they consider gold as a asset class uh, which they have forgotten against cryptocurrency all of them trade only cryptocurrencies so you know i have my monthly investment chat with them what i've come to a conclusion after discussing with them is cryptocurrencies have to have a fall the day cryptocurrencies have a meaningful fall after that gold will deliver otherwise you know cryptocurrencies have been this modern day gold for many of the people in uh, western world 
so the excitement right it has so much excitement even elon yeah. musk tweets about it who tweets about gold so what has happened is you know if only indians are interested it can't deliver you know you have to get the americans to get involved in it that will right. happen only after the cryptocurrencies have some setback so somewhere the cryptocurrencies have a setback let's bitcoin have a meaningful setback once they have it after that gold will perform so i think gold is an asset class which i think people should do an sip in now because i feel that you know you don't know when cryptocurrencies are going to have a setback that i don't know gold will be an ultimate insurance because i don't think uh, cryptocurrencies can be because the regulators are not going to be happy to let it all go into, into an asset class where someone like a turkish person can run away with 2 billion dollars of cryptocurrencies or something like that so eventually there is a problem so it's a sip you do an sip in gold eventually one day you'll see crypto having a problem and that day gold will give you all the returns bunched up till that day gold will be an sleepy asset class and you will get all your returns bunched up that's how i'm thinking about it based on all my converse, conversations with my classmates this is the time so like 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 in a true uh uh i i wouldn't I mean, it's a it's a it's a most used word but like a true value investor right right now is the time to build a position yeah and you build it slowly and then then it delivers no fair enough a uh, fair enough fantastic it's uh, something we kind of 100% agree with thank you so much for 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 speaking with us it's been a pleasure thank you thank you